everyone's favorite podcast, It's Reclaimed Audio, with your hosts, Phil Pinsky, Phil Lutz, and Tim Sway. Welcome, everybody, to this week's episode of Reclaimed Audio. This is episode 180, right? Is that it? Yeah, I think yeah. so. Yeah. April 26, 2019, this week's top Patreon supporters, Make, Build, Modify, love this guy, Stu Morrison, The Godfather, Jimmy DeResta, Scott Turner, I'm putting him back right where he belongs, right over here. Uh, Greg Mead, Chad Grossclaws, Shane Bronson, Keith Decent, Ryan Ridgely, Jeff Shaw, Infinite Craftsman, LiquidRC.com, Mike Jeffcoat, Jim Bashirs, Paul Jackman, uh, the boys over at Maybe I've Said Too Much, Creator Nader, Wesley Treat, Lakeside Woodcrafter, Rob Ray, and... Can I get a trumpet noise, please? Mm-hmm. Wow, that was sad. No, I asked for it. And then, that, then I was going to say, Gangi okay. and Pop Pop Makerspace. Oh. There we go. Okay. You know what? We are like a well-oiled machine. Just like we rehearsed. Yeah. 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 It's, hey, it's uh, the rehearsal. It's the rehearsal. I'm telling oh, you, this is it. the rehearsal. Oh. Yeah. Lucky for our listeners, this is the... This is the... Hey, thing. you know... Speaking of the boys over, maybe I said too much. I meant to say this in the pre-show, and I probably shouldn't say it in the main show, but I'm going to say it anyways. Uh-huh. Um, so I got an email the other day from Klingspore, yeah. um, and they were like, "Like, hey, you know, we were wondering if we could send you a couple free samples of our sandpaper for your guitar making. You know, we we would like to, you know." Oh, thanks, Mike. Your, I appreciate that, to, buddy. To get your business, and so I said, "I said, oh, geez, you know, thanks." And I was, I, and I wrote back. Yeah, that's me that those guys on the Maybe I Said Too Much podcast are always making fun of every time they say guitar. Ha ha. Mm-hmm. You know, I appreciate that. And the guy wrote back, oh, I'm not familiar with the podcast, but uh, what's your address? I'll send it out. <laughs> <laughs> well, that worked out well. So, uh, so I just I just thought that was really funny that like because I just thought for sure that like, those guys are doing me a steady. Nope. <laughs> well, I, I just saw Izzy uh, promoting Mike for the uh, assortment box that you can get for fairly cheap of the cutoffs. Yeah. You get. Oh yeah. And um, uh, so I'll put it out there, Mike. I I make guitars too. They're not real guitars like Tim, and of course I'm not as tall and handsome as Tim. But um, I'll just take the cutoffs, brother. That's it. That's all I need. Yeah, it wasn't. Um, it, it wasn't Mike that that wrote to me. It was someone else from. It was. Um, I think his name was Adam. Um, and, no, and if, if you don't but, hear from Mike, it doesn't count. Mike Klingspore is Klingspores. If you don't hear from Mike, what? What? Yeah, what, no, I, di- I didn't hear from Mike. I heard from I heard from someone else at the company that just doesn't play those reindeer games i guess <laughs> wow they don't even they don't even listen to to the boys well i mean do, do you think they even listen to their own podcast i mean no you know, yeah. exactly so. no. anyways how are you guys doing yeah yeah <laughs> what uh would you say you're working on bill you said earlier you're working on nothing so should we just skip you or yeah you let's just say talk s- to tim i think you and i are out of making right now i made something this weekend did you make a boom boom That was great dead space. That that was awesome. All of us stopped talking to let it sink in. Go ahead, Phil. What did you make? I made a, um, a hockey ra- well, a hockey stick rack for the kids. So we have a whole bunch oh. of hockey sticks in the garage. And, uh, you know, we play street hockey outside quite a bit. And we started amassing quite a collection of these things because kids bring them over and they leave them there because then our house is that house, you know, that neighborhood house where everybody mm. just goes to play. So I had like, uh, I don't know, 10 or 12 sticks in the garage and they'd fall over and they all end up all over the place. So I made a little stand. I, uh, I found three and a half boards, just old fence boards or whatever. So I made a box and then there's like a, a tall board that goes up from behind and then a couple of arms that come out to sort of catch the sticks if they were to fall over. And, uh, and it felt nice to just sort of make something and it didn't have to make be too finished. Yeah, mm. and for the kids and stuff, so it was it was a fun one. Maybe I'll I'll post it on my Instagram. So let me ask you, and this will sound silly from uh, American, I guess, but are street hockey sticks the same as regular hockey sticks? But you just use your old ones, or are there actual street hockey sticks? 
old school, you would be correct. You would just use your whatever, like a, an older wooden one. But a street hockey stick, generally speaking, will have a wood shaft, and then on, okay. on it will have a plastic blade because okay. it, it just doesn't really wear the way a carbon or a wood blade would. Right. Mm. And you can always replace the plastic one if you wanted to. Do they sell replacements? Not really. The whole thing is kind of... I look at it from the wasteful side, like, we'll save But I would use the wood. The... What yeah. is there a th- way to 3D print new uh, heads? I don't know. I'm pretty sure this is like a polycarbonate, like a glass-reinforced blade. If it was just plastic, yeah. it would probably shatter yeah, fairly if quickly. You're, if you're smacking a yeah. puck really hard. What, so yeah. what do you hit? Across do you hit a pavement. ball or a puck? It's like um, it's a plastic ball that's kind of like a kind of like a dead blow hammer, right? Like it doesn't bounce; okay. it just drops, right? Like it doesn't, and it and it's a little heavier. That way, mm. you can stick handle it properly. But it rolls, right? Yeah, yeah. it's, it's like puck. one of those orange yeah, balls, ball. and you know it's a good one when you get smacked with it and you get a donut shaped bruise. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So if anyone's ever played street hockey, those those are the marks of a street hockey player. Because nice. Maddie has some kind of puck that it's it's shaped like a puck, but it has like little balls in it, almost like half circles. Yeah, like little yeah, balls. That's if, the worst. That's, but that's not for. Is that for street hockey or is that just for practice? I thought that was just like something that hockey players use to practice off season. No, that would likely be let's say an indoor ball like a basketball arena. court. Yeah, or a lot of them they're uh, they're VCT like they're linoleum tile or uh, vinyl oh. tile floored right uh, rinks right like roller hockey. Because it doesn't work well on a street, because all the gravel and like no, the pitted asphalt, yeah, I, it just bounces she, and whatever. You need a ball for street hockey, but uh, she had a piece of whiteboard, like um, you know, just like like whiteboard that she would throw in the driveway and just hit that thing just to practice. Okay, so know, she just practiced stick handling. Exactly. So she would use a normal puck too. You know what right. I mean? But totally. But yeah, that's good. A lot of times, actually, for pucks, especially on ice, you'd use instead of a black one, use like a red one, and it's it's much heavier. So you get used to uh, a really heavy puck, and then when you go to a game scenario where you're using right. a regular black one, it feels like nothing, and you could just throw it around, kind of like when a baseball player right. swings the way three like, like in America, yeah. we have this sport called baseball you might not have heard of. Yeah, we, we have it too, thank you very much. So you have a weighted oh, bat. Yeah, you guys play, play cricket? No. <laughs> uh, I thought all the, all the queen countries played cricket. Casey <laughs> used to do this insane thing when she was running a lot. And I, I, I think she has stability problems. Weighted vest? Uh, weighted weighted ankle, ankle weights when yeah. she would oh, run. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. like, why would you, first of all, why are you running? There's no reason to get anywhere that fast. And why would you make it harder on yourself by putting weights on? I mean. Does Casey still listen to the podcast, would you say? No, no, no. <laughs> no? No, 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 no. Okay. <laughs> okay. It's for toning. That's why she does it. So you should not complain. You should be thanking her. Oh, no, I do. I, I thank her. She's been making me go to the gym again. I've been very That's not thankful. why I'm saying you should thank her. Oh. Well, I, she's amazing anyway. She looks amazing. She is toned. Right. She's buff. Go to right. the gym, and she just, she just looks great in her gym clothes. Terrific. I, on Terrific. the other hand, am wearing a three extra large anything I can to cover up anything that I don't want to be seen, which is pretty much everything. So you go to the gym in a Snuggie, is what we're saying. No, but that's a great idea. I just cut the <laughs> sleeves and the, and the legs off. A sleeveless Snuggie. <laughs> so a blanket. Yeah, a toga. I'll save you a whole bunch of money. Yeah. <laughs> it's, hey, it's reclaiming right there. New gym clothes. I'm just going to cut a hole in the sheet. Stop. Drop it over me like a poncho. Put a, put a sash. Because, you know, belt. You don't take a belt to the gym. You take a sash. Belts are for losers. You need a sash. Absolutely. Sash. Yeah. Tim, what are you working on? Um, well, I had this this idea for a new work uniform where I was going to take a sheet and I was going to cut the Summer's coming. that in a video cool and, and don't explain why. Just just walk around wearing a sheet with yeah, a sash. Just, just, just yeah. do that. I think that would just, be tremendous. The comments <laughs> would the indicate how many sash. people... If it, You should do that because in your comment section... Uh, we'll see how many people that watch your videos listen to our podcast. And if all of your subscribers listen to our podcast, we'd be a little bit bigger than we are now. So why aren't you doing anything about that? Why aren't you doing anything about that? Wow. The, I, it's all up to me, huh? 
<laughs> Your coattails are starting to get ragged, pal. We're tired of riding oh, on you. <laughs> what have I? What have I been working on? Please do um, tell. Well, uh, let's see. The the I've got the the Maslow four by eight CNC up and running. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think I had it up and running yet. Last week. No. Um, or you I, doing I might, tests? Yes. You were doing tests? Yeah, I was doing tests. So um, s- s- the the project that I had initially uh, talked to them about, like I've decided, is probably not going to work on it because it's it's a little bit the scope for the for the it's just a little bit too big. So I need to figure out a project that I'm going to do for them. What I want because the project I was going to do isn't going to showcase the machine working at its best, you know, and and also wouldn't show the project at its best. So what I need to do is design a project for the Maslow that will show it operating at its best and show me working at my best and the materials, blah, blah, blah. So I'm looking forward to that, but I don't know what that's going to be yet. But I I did get it up and running, and it's... Go ahead. Uh, What about a lit Vancemaker logo with two sides, like, you know, with the lights and the two sides, like you were talking about making all the letters for something, but doing it the size of a half a sheet of plywood. That actually might be really cool to make like a big like four foot tall like right. dance maker sign like every letter like four feet tall and just <laughs> spread around the. <laughs> well, I mean, just even the logo would be really cool if you lit it up like you know Jimmy does his lighted signs with the letters and stuff with the lights in them. And this CNC yeah. is good for sign making. Yeah. On a budget. Yeah. On a budget. Yeah. Well, I want to do something with um I want to do something with reclaimed on it uh so I have a, I have a couple ideas for some some stuff that that I'm might you know might work out where i can you know kind of glue up some reclaimed panels and stuff mm-hmm. but um yes yeah, so i got that i got that going uh i just finished up or i'm almost done with a, a bass guitar for a client that's a, a semi-hollow super light i've, I've been watching really that. good been watching that came out uh, yeah i'm really i'm really pleased with it um and um the other thing i've been working on, i don't know if i've mentioned this um out loud yet but i've been working on it for a little while and it's almost all together um i wanted to make kits um diy guitar kits for because people that watch my videos aren't going to buy one of my guitars right they're people that want to make their own guitar mm-hmm. um and so i in i get a lot of questions from people about like they want to make them without cncs and and um you know they just i just get a lot of questions about people and i've had people mention before like you know about kits so what i came up with is um a kit i've i've got almost all the parts in i've got a template um and it's a, a store-bought neck um and the idea is that you'll, if you purchase the kit, you'll get this this template or templates, I should say, plural. Um, and every single nut, bolt, screw, strings, knob, every single piece, even the solder and the wire that you need to make this guitar, except for the wood to make the body. So that'll be on you to to get that, and you can get as simple or as complicated with that as you want. Um, and it's you know the pickups, everything you need. So the only thing you need is the wood for the body and whatever kind of finish you want to put on it. And so the the video I'm going to do that's going to be public on YouTube is going to be just an overview, sort of advertising the kids. It'll be for sale at newperspectivesmusic.com. And I'm also going to sell just the templates if people don't want to buy all the parts and they just want to buy the templates. Because what comes with the template purchase is I'm going to have a long-form video uh, that really goes into detail mm-hmm. of the build. Um, so you'll be purchasing that information basically, you know, behind the, behind the paywall, I guess you could say. So the short video will show you how to do it, but it won't get into detail. Then there'll be this in-depth video on the other side. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the trick to this is I'm going to do it all with just homeowner hand tools. Um, like basic, nothing, no table saw, no band saw, no jigsaw. I'm going to use a router, uh, you know, palm sander, a hand drill, and like a jigsaw. And uh, maybe a skill saw, you know what I mean, and just do it all with just tools. Like, so you could go to you could go to the box store and buy that kit, that that battery pad, like five mm-hmm. in one kit. Right, you know right. what I mean? The only that wouldn't have the router probably, but but like that would be mm-hmm. like all you would need. You know, basic you basic tools. You wouldn't even need a router if you could. Uh, well, th- for the templates, it's yeah, kind of key. That's that's what's gonna make the perfection of it. Like forgetting the because of what I did is I created the the template for the neck pocket and the pickup set. It's a very precise fit. Um, and so the specialty tool that you would need is a router and a and a small bearing pack. bit. I, yeah. I I I'm not arguing at all, but I am mm-hmm. I am mentioning that a router is not a first tool for somebody, and they're kind of scary. I agree with Bill, which is why I question why you even need to go so basic. Someone's building a guitar that's not like a birdhouse; that's a more advanced project, no, I, and they I likely will have can, some tools. I, yeah, but I think you can go basic. Is, 
So you, and you, you're right. You don't need a router. You could do it with a Forstner bit and right. a chisel. I think a Forstner bit and a chisel. That that would be the yeah. way to go. I mean, obviously, if yeah. somebody has a router, they're going to use it, right? But design your template to be able to just scribe out oh, yeah, where you the, could just, the pickup's going to go. Yeah, you could do, you could do that too. I mean, that's and, I, and that's the kind of stuff I'll discuss in the long form video. I'll show like yeah. you know. But the idea is that no, if you if if you're not comfortable with a router, you probably aren't at the point where you're making a guitar yet. You're probably still making birdhouses, right? right. I kind of see it that way. So it's not too big of a concern. And like, and chances are you're not going to need your jigsaw. You're probably going to have a bandsaw. You're probably going to have a table saw. But I want to just because you can't ever like be like build for the, that person's particular set of tools. So I'm just sort of dumbing it down, or not dumbing it down, but simplifying it down to what is I consider to be a reasonable. You know, place and obviously Jigs substitute. A jigsaw is the only power. A jigsaw and a drill are the only two tool power tools you need. You don't need a circular yeah. saw. You don't need uh, everything else. You if you would show how to build it with everything. I mean, with only those two power tools, then any that starts somebody at the basic. I think somebody who is basic could build it because the neck's already made. You're going to string it up. That's not a big deal. It's where you're going to put the. You got to solder a couple of, of wires together, and where are you going to put the pickup? Yeah, that's a, that's another tool you need is a soldering iron. Yeah, you, know? you have to have a soldering right. iron, but that's that's something yeah. nobody's afraid of a soldering iron. There hmm. should be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, but yeah, that's that's the idea. I mean, like, I got I have a block of wood that I'm going to use that I don't need to join or anything, so I don't need to do it with table saws and all that stuff. And um, you know, the the jigsaw, the the router is really not necessary. You're right, but I want to take it to that level because I want to use the router to do the body um, from like a door you know skin I mean? or a hardboard template uh, yeah it's a, the template that comes with the kit is the pickups and the neck all lined up properly there's also a template for cutting out a cavity to put the electronics okay. in and then it comes with a wiring diagram that you can download and it comes with a, um, a paper template of one of my body designs you can take and you could use that paper template to make your own hard template or you design your own shape you okay know, so it does it. so this kit does come with a hard template yes ah okay that's an important distinction I thought it was like a downloadable PDF you print out and that's your template if you oh actually... no it's I'm cutting about I'm cutting out in a laser so ah, there's okay a, there's see, a template. see bill there is some so then there is some valid uh, validity well, to the router then, then make a make and another one with just with the router. make another one with uh make another kit that's a little cheaper with just a paper template that you can do with well, just that, basic hand tools. You know what I'm saying? I'm I'm selling the kit with the parts, like uh, like I said, every screw and every nut and bolt and everything that you need, and the template. But then I'm also selling just the template individually, and the, that's going to be a much more reasonable price. I would say, and that also gives you access to the video and to the downloads and stuff. So you could use that hard template. With you know, I mean, you got you're paying for it versus paper, but I don't know if I mean I could put it's it up. It's still like got to be worth your time. Version, do it and charge exactly. It, you know, I mean, like exactly. It's not to just to to do that isn't worth my time. You know, so. But, but by yeah, the so same token, it's also very passive income. Somebody just downloads PDF plans. Right, right. You can have it. I think I think what I would do is that would be something that would be further down the road. Yeah. Um, like after you know, do the initial push, see how many sell. And right. then, you know, it'll slow down, obviously, and then I could possibly do that stuff. And then the other thing that we're doing, too, is I've been working with my pickup guy that winds my pickups. And um, I've, I've set him up to make, because the kits are going to come with the, the New Perspectives Music pickups that are made with the record tops and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and I even gave him a bunch of reclaimed wire to use for the leads and stuff. Um, so those will get uh, shipped directly from him. All the other stuff will come from me. And so it's like, you know, it's not Amazon. It'll be a week or two, you know, because he's going to make them to order. But so they will also come with these pickups. And I'm going to sell the pickups as well. We've, we've worked that all out. So people can buy these pickups on individually apart from the kits as well, mm -hmm. which is cool because it's just another way to, you know, kind of build up my new protective music store to not just be selling guitars. And I'll be selling kits, selling custom pickups. And then the other thing I'm going to do is I'm going to stock the store with, with pre-cut bodies for anybody that wants to buy a body so they can buy the kit and the body and then they can have a guitar almost exactly like it would be made out of my shop but they just have to put it together and do the finish work you know? mm -hmm. and then, then each of those bodies will be unique because they'll be me gluing up whatever weird things I want to glue up and doing whatever kind of weird experimental things I want to do and so instead of me finishing them I'll just put them up like here it is you know 100 bucks you finish it and right. stuff like that you know and they could do whatever they want with it. They could do all kinds of exactly. tricolor or just a lacquer or anything yeah, they, they want. They want to go sunburst. They want to go crazy. They want to spend 100 hours finishing it. You know, Spray or they paint wanna... dipping. 
Yeah, I've always wanted to try that. Hey. Like Plasti Dip, you mean? No, it's no. Uh, you fill the bucket of water, and then you spray and paint. Then you put spray paint on top. Colors in it, and it's kind of, and then you dip something in it, and the paint sticks to it, not the water. Oh, uh, okay, I get you. Interesting. And, yeah, I, people can do like amazing. I've seen like American flags done that way and stuff. Yeah. it's like crazy what people can do. How well they can orchestrate the paint in this. There's of lots of videos. Lots of videos. Hmm. Cool. Mm. I liked what Never Bob tried. did in. He did a guitar painting video with like lacquer paint. You ever see yeah, that? He did like a pretty proper, uh, very proper uh, finish. Yeah. Like the the way they do it in the factories, basically, but on a small scale. You right. Know? Yeah. yeah, just yeah, rattle cans. Yeah, it was very cool. Yeah. I think David uh, bought one of those cheap guitar kits, but kind of customized it himself or something like that for a video too. He yeah he made a guitar video a bunch of years ago for the Make Something channel, but he um, he bought a cheap guitar because sometimes it's cheaper that way. Wow! To like buy it, and he just took the guitar apart, made mm. cut a body for it, you know. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Look at that. But uh, yes, yeah, so that's what I've been up to. Guitars. Cool nice. man. <laughs> cool man. So so out of character for you. Um. So let's move on to our topic. You know what? <laughs> I uh, in my show notes. I meant to write the topic, which is stale baguette, and instead I wrote stale topic. <laughs> I got a Freudian slip. I guess so. I just noticed it now when I switched windows back and forth. So I, uh, I almost forgot what we're talking about. That's funny because I'm about to hand it off to you for you to explain it. Yeah. All right. Fine. Please so, go ahead. Um, so the idea is that it has nothing. It's not going to really correlate with the topic the topic was just something that they threatened me with a baguette and i said we should call it stale baguette or something anyway um the idea is that each of us are going to we're going to build a nightstand and we're going to talk about how we would build it in the next few minutes and um we're just going to right now decide what material so phil why don't you use pallet wood okay all right tim what's something you could use um, and it doesn't. It could be wood, but I mean, where would you get it? So we're not all using a pallet. So, well, you know what? I'll, I'll go with my classic fence, fence posts, or uh, uh, cedar fence. You know, the slats. Whatever okay. Call them. Bill, um, if you want to go with pallets, I have another idea. I can do pallets, or I can do. Um, uh, I I actually took apart a buffet and used the wood out of the buffet t- as as stock. So, using use reclaiming a piece of furniture for the wood. That was going to be mine. Craigslist free. People are okay, always yeah, giving, out, giving out. I'll, I'll do a pallet. I'll do yeah. a pallet. Well, it's the same thing ultimately, but fair enough. Um, okay, so like I said, Craigslist free and uh, especially college students and all kinds of stuff like that. People are just giving away furniture, coffee tables, buffets, as, as Bill said, dining room tables, all kinds of stuff. And, uh, and it's just it costs you the trip to go drive out there and get it. And then, and then you've got like really good uh you know flat true yeah. stable material to work with like as much as i love using pallets a lot of the times it's not the greatest wood um and generally that's why it's used for pallets so there's a lot of tension in the wood it could be it could be twisted warped all that stuff and it's sometimes very difficult to to get it flat and true and square and all that stuff um, because it tends to move a lot it's also depending on the pallet that you get, it's sometimes new, right? So you get like new wood and that has a ton of tension in it. But now I'm talking about pallets and that's not my place. Uh, so <laughs> furniture, I mean, it's easy. If you get this is like panels, right? So all, all this furniture is just made from glue up wood and it's panels and you have access to sort of what they put on the back which sometimes is thin plywood or hardboard. So, so that's what I would do. So the nightstand, same deal. I'd cut down my panels um, and well, give us the design idea. What 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 kind of nightstand are you going to make? Yeah, I think we have to have a design that you need to describe. So, so my design. Just... Okay, I'm not going to go with rustic. I'm going to start with. We're not uh, even the... talking. We're not talking the style. We're just talking the designs. Are going to be like just a simple table with four legs next to your bed. Just going to have a drawer. It's going to have a little cabinet. I think mine would be um, in the shape. If you look at the side profile, it'd be in the shape of a C, and the oh. top portion of the C would be the drawer a smaller, cavity. A little smaller than the other part? Well, the, let's say let's say it's in the shape of a C. I'm, I'm drawing up for the boys here just so you know what I'm saying. But basically this, right? Oh, so I, got, C, I got you. I got and then you. the top part is a box that's that holds the drawer and the bottom mm-hmm. is just 
sort of flat. The back is, is a panel and the bottom is a panel that's 90 degrees to the back. And that's all that is. And then the top is, is the cavity that's, for a That's a very door. modern design. Yeah. I've never really done anything specifically modern like that. So I, I wouldn't mind I trying like it. something like that. Um, it would need the joints, especially for the bottom L, would mm -hmm. have to be really reinforced, um, because uh, because it could be weak if it's just a butt joint or or a miter joint. So I probably would have to do a series of splines. So let's explain it a little bit more. You're talking about a giant C is the actual nightstand. At the yeah. top of that C, you're going to hang a drawer from it. Yes, but it, it'll be boxed out, right? Right, so, right. But I mean, but, yeah. so the, the C is like a modern shape. No, I like that. Mm -hmm. That's actually really cool. Uh, for the bracing on the bottom, would you just do good joinery or would you add some little like triangle braces or something? Might have to do some very discrete triangles. You're right. Otherwise, if it's hardwood, then I could probably just get away with like finger joints because mm -hmm. that would probably be enough glue surface to do that. Yep. Uh, I mean, these these tables generally don't have to support a lot of weight. Maybe a lamp and your phone, so I wouldn't be. You too might be able to hide some L brackets in the back and bottom of it. <laughs> um, steel L brackets, if you were to route them in. Oh, that's you know interesting. I mean? Yeah, that's yeah. Super so if you were to if you were to get a quarter inch or I'm sorry, an eighth inch steel L bracket, you know, mm -hmm. it's like three inches by you know on either side, yeah. a flat one, and, and recess it under and behind. Yes, yeah, three quarter inches wide. So you just take your router and you just go in a you know an eighth of an inch on the bottom and inside, and you have screws. Plus, you have the glue of gluing the wood together. Yeah, and that gives you that little bit of steel. And if you run the the back of it down lower than the 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 bottom shelf, mm -hmm. so it's not the back sitting on top of the bottom shelf, but it's on the but it's buttered up against it and it's on the ground. Now it's mm -hmm. got that to push against too, when it tilts. Now that the, could be the cool. Top, the top, you don't have to worry about that because the drawer itself would be the Yeah, bracing. the width of the drawer is going to give it. Yeah. yeah the the other way to reinforce that. it, just thinking about it now, maybe it doesn't need to look like it's floating. I could have two maybe quarter-inch steel rods, like not threaded, smooth rods that just sort of look, that go in between the box top where the drawer is mm. housed oh, yeah. and then the bottom. Which could be Another cool. 45. Yeah. yeah you, you could, could, do it you could add a shelf. That would give yeah. you the option to add a shelf pretty easily, too. Mm hmm. Yeah. Make and, it out of glass shelf, even. And if it's dark wood, I wonder if I would make it at. Maybe if it's dark wood, I would use brass. But if it's a lighter wood, I would probably uh, use some blackener and, and turn I, them into. I, I think if it's dark wood, mm -hmm. you almost got to have to use some silver spray paint, right? <laughs> oh, I, yeah. I mean, Call back. Choice, really. Yeah, so that's an inside joke for anybody who's listening. <laughs> we've, we've had this ridiculous argument about spray painting walnut silver. Anyway, uh, excellent. I, 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 I like it. it. Sounds like a nice table. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I just came up with that. I swear to God. But I'm I believe you. Yeah. I believe you. You, My you threatened us with. You threatened us with doing that. Just let's go. I'm. Mean, I don't care how deep the water is. I'm well, diving it. anyway. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I'm not checking what's under the surface. Just I'm, head first. I'm glad the water was deep enough, Phil, because you made a perfect dive. Talladega Nights. Tim, what would you <laughs> make, and how would you make it? Okay. Um. We, we initially when we were coming up with this idea, one of the ideas was that we weren't going to spend any money. Um, so I want to go back to that with mine, and I'm going to change my material because I just got inspired by your creativity. So I want to try and think up of some creative ideas of, of the table I could build without spending any money. And I came up with two half-formulated ideas in my head while you were talking. Okay. Because I was also listening to you, so I couldn't fully form formulate them. Right. The first is is that if you go to because I've been into this lately, this like locally felled uh, wood. And we were talking about this a few episodes back, where if you go to the, the log place, like where the, the tree cutter is, mm -hmm. and like it, before they split that wood, they'll give it to you. So my first thought was to get a 24-inch to 30-inch tall stump that's at least 12 inches in diameter, and then get someone to help me put it in the back of my truck, and then get someone to help me to push my truck down the road to get it started. <laughs> <laughs> but then once I get it back back home, is to carve the shape of a, of a very traditional side table out of this so i'd use a chainsaw to cut a rectangle out of the bottom uh -huh. so now i have two legs and a round a round top and then i would use the chainsaw to cut a shelf into the top so if the whole thing is 30 inches tall uh -huh. i'm going to say say the top eight inches of it remains solid okay and then i cut out the bottom 22 inches of it and if it's 14 inches wide we'll say i leave like two inches on either side so i cut like 10 inches out of the middle 
Right, so I have these two legs now going up. Maybe I'd even go both ways and make it like four legs. Like if I were to cut another section out, I could make it so it's four legs instead of two like straight walls. Yeah. So, but it's all the same logs still. And then in that eight inches I have left in the top, I'd plunge cut with my chainsaw and I'd carve out a little cubby somewhere where you could fit your cell phone or fit a book or a Gideon Bible if it's going to so be in a hotel this, room. This or is basically a Flintstone side table. It sounds exactly. amazing. And then I, would, I was thinking Bilbo and then Baggins. I would level the top. Or Bilbo. Yeah, yeah, very <laughs> Hobbit, very Hobbit esque. Then yeah. I would level the top, you know, maybe set up a router jig to, to router level the top. Uh-huh. And I'd, I'd finish the whole thing and I'd see how long it takes before it just splits and cracks and falls apart in two. And when it does, I butterfly it and fix it. You know? And I, I don't know if you guys right. have actually seen it. I've seen it and it blew me away. I've actually seen literally stumps that were sanded. $800. Clear coated hundreds yeah. of dollars it's a hundreds stump of, yeah literally just yeah. a stump no carving sometimes no they nothing. put them on coasters or casters you yeah know. yeah and the ones I, the casters cost even more right oh yeah are you kidding yeah they don't even carve any shelves they just put the solid stump and they just level the top they put oh. casters on it and they put mineral oil on it it's because yeah. those stumps are like wine they've been aged it's like a nice prosciutto <laughs> they've been aged correctly you know yeah. ah, so. i love that Okay, so that was that was my first idea, and I have another one. I'm going to continue to try and formulate while Bill talks. All right, In other words, so I'm, not going to listen to Bill. I'm going to use the palette. I'm also, you know what? I'm also going to. You inspired me too, Phil. That was that was really good. Um, I'm going to use the palette. I'm going to I'm going to straighten them out as much as I can. Uh, I'm going to use an old palette because new palettes they they are difficult to work with. Old palettes, if they're warped, you can still flatten them. They ain't going to warp mm-hmm. anymore. They're done. So I'm going to make up a panel. Now I'm going to take some uh, half inch, now three quarter, three quarter electrical conduit that I have, just because mm. that's you can find that in a dumpster any, on any construction site, just about. Um, if you don't have one, borrow one, or you can buy one and keep it as a tool. Is a, a conduit bender, okay? So now imagine you take and you're going to put a maybe I, I don't know what shape, but a V shape bend in this conduit. Okay. Okay. And it's going to be probably, I'm going to say 18 inches wide where the, the, no, so it bends to a V. Up to 18 inches. 18 inches would be the outside bend. Now I'm going to copy, I'm going to take my panel and I'm going to copy that same shape on the the wood. The the Mm V-shaped conduit is the base. The wood is going to be the top. So now what I got to do is, how am I going to connect I'm gonna weld a straight piece right down the middle, the right where the V is, right where the bend is. I'm gonna weld another piece of conduit to that for the, for the stand, right? Mm-hmm. Are you making your own hairpin legs? Is that what's happening? No, it's not. It's, it's kind of like hairpin legs, but the hairpin will be lying flat. So think of a oh, V. Oh, sorry, it's oh, an upside okay. down V. Oh, right. So what I wanted to do is copy that that V that I just bent for the top of the table. So the V on the bottom, I'm calling it a V, but the pipe, the conduit on the bottom is gonna sit on the floor, that's the mm-hmm. base. I'm gonna mm-hmm. weld a stick right in the middle of that, straight up, or oh, not a stick, but a, another piece of conduit. And then I mm-hmm. think I'm gonna do another bended conduit, right, on top, and then set mm-hmm. the wood on top of it, that's the same shape, and I can attach it up underneath. Modern looking, simple, no frills, just this weird looking side table. It's interesting. And if and if and if it wasn't strong enough, because that conduit is a little thin, mm-hmm. you could add V's to the side and just add more V shapes to it, and so you just have like V's from different actually, angles. Actually, actually, yeah, to, uh, to support it from the center post, mm. I would take and put take instead of a straight piece down welded to, for like a support. Yeah, I'd bend it slightly to keep that whole bending thing looking. So ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. and then weld that on either side of it to actually make. Uh, the the support brackets. Hmm. So because I'm only an imaginary welder, uh, <laughs> I'm curious: is it difficult to weld conduit based it on is the not. coating? Is it thin? It is thin, so you want to use low power. Um, yeah. It's probably galvanized, so you want to don't breathe it. Do it outside. Yeah, you're not. There's all kinds of rules about not breathing fumes anyway, but especially galvanized. Um, yeah, but that's it. It's it's not hard. Thin metal, you just have to get used to. You you do it on low power with a low feed rate, and um, you'll the be hard fine. part about that is that round is tr- a little tricky to weld. Like mm-hmm. for beginning, well, you know, it, it, uh, like getting a, a, a nice looking bead. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not worried about that because this is this is a reclaimed table, and I'll grind it away as much as I can. Yeah. You spray paint, spray paint it silver, and use a piece of, of palette, walnut palette for the top. It, yeah, well, exactly. Get the walnut palette, of course. But if you're if you're gonna if you're gonna spray paint, you can use bondo in your in your welds too. You know, you, you can. can with bondo. Yeah. But I want it to look like it. I mean, seriously, I like the look of I. I the you idea like the, to me, you this, like the the warts. Yeah. I, yeah, I like that because I'm, I'm. That's a modern design, right? That's got a, a rustic appeal to it. Uh huh. Hmm. Huh? Uh huh. Yeah. No mm-hmm. sales and marketing. You're right there, my man. Yeah. So uh, I, we've made our way around the table. Are we still going with a nightstand? We have to come up with another design for a nightstand. No. Do, do we want to pick some? I'm, I'm hoping people can take that. Well, the three of us have said, and, and it'd be awesome if we can get some feedback and a picture of something that was inspired by this conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, but you want to try something else simple? A coffee table, sure. a chair, a stool? Sure. How about I a mean, stool? How about a shop stool? You were saying you don't have a shop stool. That's true. Yeah, okay. And you have to do it. It's free. You got free wood. You can't okay. buy anything. Can't buy anything. Okay. Um, well, since since I am uh, talking about my uh, imaginary welding abilities, um, <laughs> and and the, obviously the most abundant source of metal for reclaimers is always bed frames mm-hmm. and conduit <laughs> and and conduit. Yeah. Right. I feel like bed frame is more structural, even though it's a difficult oh, metal bed, to bed weld frame, because it's so impure. Uh, it's not difficult to weld. It's just really hardened metal. So it's actually it's excellent metal to weld because it's great, it's great to weld. Yeah, the, with welding, it's like the opposite of woodworking. With with woodworking, the thinner stuff's easier to cut with you know and, and work with. But then with welding, you want thicker stuff. With right. a bed frame, you're not going to burn through it that easy. So it's right. it's pretty okay. easy to weld. Not with your not with your one ten new no, no. welder. I mean, yeah, you can, you but you'd have to work pretty hard to screw it up. <laughs> yeah. Challenge accepted. <laughs> So, um, I mean, basically, I need I need a round wooden disc, and I'm gonna take my it's angle iron, right? The bed frame basically looks like angle, right? So it it's is. it's 90 degree angle, and I would take four pieces of let's say 24 inch, um, and I would butt them up against each other so that they look like if you look down, it would look like a plus sign or a cross. So okay. That, you know, and then sort of weld them that way. Do you know what I'm saying? I think so. So they're going to be. So no, actually, I don't. Okay, so then I would take you take two of them, right? Uh-huh. And then mm-hmm. the two flat parts. So they're mirrored. The two. Okay, yeah. now, so now right, I like got this. You. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. And then yep. I would do it again like that. So then you've got. So you take four L's and put them together to make a plus. Right. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. So then that's a really strong base. <laughs> Yeah, I mean for my for my uh, 145 pounds, and uh, so then I've got let's say a wooden disc that I've done with a you know with a circle cutting jig or whatever with a router and stuff, and then I've got my base that we just described my four L's that are turned into a plus, weld that all together, and then uh, and then maybe an old office chair uh, that's got you know the casters on it. I just take the bottom, the and base, then I yeah. find a way to join join my my stool together that way it's a bit of a roly it's a roly shop stool and that's uh there are some old office chairs that had four four extent instead of you know instead of a lot of them are five but you can find ones that have only four that would work out perfect for that oh right line you could line up so you might have to change your dimensions a little bit but you can line up the angle iron legs to come straight down and weld it to the top of that old base from a like an old office chair that's that that would be cool yeah, that would be actually, cool. that's that would be really cool. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna take that one f- further because that was kind of what I was thinking about. I have one of those old office chairs <laughs> with, a, with a broken back. Yeah. And uh, I use it in my shop all the time, but it's low and it still has the adjustments on it and stuff, and it has no back, so I just use it as a stool. But if we if we took that chair, and it has to be somewhere beyond the hydraulic shock, if you were to just remove the seat and then just weld an extension pipe. Mm-hmm. So now instead of going from like 18 to 20 inches, it would go from you know 24 to 30 inches, whatever height you want, and then put the soft, big padded, comfy office chair top back on top instead of cutting a, a wood disc out. There you go. You know what? I like it. Both of you guys are uh, inspiring. 
I think uh, our audience is lucky to have you. <laughs> I am going to look at this guy. Are you selling me a car? No, I, I am going to. I'm gonna. You know what? This I, I'm being inspired right now though by Mr. Uh, Mr. Weta himself. Check this out. Simplicity at its best. Two five-gallon buckets. You you epoxy them together, bottom to bottom, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you put a simple anything on top of it, and you can use hot glue to attach the top. And there's your stool. That's great. Um, mm-hmm. I have a bucket. Uh, it's not a five gallon bucket it's a little bigger probably eight gallons it's a little bit taller and it's it was full of softballs at some point in time mm-hmm. and uh, the top is padded and it snaps on and off just like a five gallon bucket top and it's got a little bit of padding on it it's designed for the baseball coach to like sit on oh. so I, if you if you if you fuse these two buckets together I'll mail you that top and you can <laughs> stick it right on there and you're good to go Ta-da. I'm serious if you, if you had to make it taller you could take a piece of plywood to attach it to the top where it's open and then put another bucket the other way so you see what the shape i got going here right mm-hmm. yeah the buckets no i think it's i think it's really cool yeah. and you could also put it on wheels you could make a little disc with four casters on it yep and roll around the shop you know like an old um creeper or something and if you yeah. like it if you're smart here's 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 a, a which we're not you, i got yeah. some tips yeah. uh but this is a different tip uh, if you want cool-looking buckets, go to oil change places because sometimes they'll have buckets that have the logo of like you know, Zep. royal purple or or Valvoline or whatever on it. So you can actually you know for your garage, you can actually have these five-gallon buckets that have a, a logo on it if you wanted to use that. Just just to be out in the garage, not to advertise for anybody, but yeah. But what was in them? Hmm. Oil. Yeah, they don't buy it by the quart there. They buy it by, no, well, they I'm, buy it by I'm the I'm saying, like, is that well, safe to bring home? Some of the more expensive stuff is going to come in a five-gallon bucket. Um, like yeah. I said, Royal Purple is one that comes like that. Uh, Mobile One, things like that. You know, your synthetics. Okay. But anyway. Well, I mean, the bucket's made of oil, too. You just got to clean it, you know? <laughs> it's like, I, I mean, it, your yeah, accuracy you here, Tim, okay? You don't want to sit on a bucket with like oil residue all over it while you're welding. I suppose it's probably not the safest thing to do. Well, likely we're, not. We're Try going to out. assume yeah. that anytime you get something that's reclaimed and it's dirty or oily, that you'll clean it before you actually make something with it. What What's the safest way to clean motor oil off of something, Tim? That's a really good question. I'm going to answer it for you. I'm not. I would say speedy dry. Nope. Um, what is it, Bill? Well, okay, what do you mean by clean it? Like if you got motor oil on your on your bench or your floor? No, like this example, right? You like want these buckets, this but out. you want to clean out any of the oil that's inside of it. What's the best way to clean it and is the best way to get rid of that oil? Dawn is the best way to clean it. Dawn dishwashing oh, yeah? soap. Yep. And then you what, just pour it down the drink? Yeah, because Dawn, there's something in Dawn. I mean, this is what they use when pelicans get on yeah, the it's oil spills on the beach. It's true, yeah. It's what we used at Pets Unlimited that I used to work for. Anytime a, a dog came in that was uh, skunk sprayed or anything, it's very safe for the environment. Somehow it breaks down the grease uh, and the oil, so it emulsifies it or something. So it, I, I don't know the magic of it, but use Dawn. If, you, if you're just cleaning up oil yeah. like that, use Dawn. little dish soap. I prefer I I don't use nothing in our house but Don for dish dish soap. So, and if you get the green say, kind, I it mean, smells nice. It does smell nice. I mean, in in your shop, you could you can buy degreasers too. I mean, my my instincts say like if the bucket was kind of like still oily, like you could like run your finger up it and have oil on your finger. I would probably want to use an old rag or something to absorb it first. Yeah, um, yeah. For yeah, yeah, just yeah. so I'm not dumping that much, and then I can I can dispose of that properly. Um, so I would probably dry it all out with, you know, like an old T-shirt or something as much as I could before going to the degreaser. Or yeah, I mean, if but, you have to do that, absolutely. Um, and if, if there's like a if there's like a lot in there, you could you could buy like cat litter or something like that and and dump that in the bucket, close it up, shake it all up, and then let it sit for a while. And no, that's that's know, interesting. I don't have to worry about this because we have an oil recycling two oil recycling centers at the airport that I have access to. So if oh. I need to get rid of solvents or oil, I can just act, we actually dump them, and when they get full, yeah. we call the people out that comes to 
Uh, well, that would be the best way is if you have that five-gallon bucket and it's got that oily residue is you go to the, the recycling place, you put the bucket upside down in that container and get it tomorrow. Exactly. That's you know what, what I mean? we have. We have signs that tell that's people lo- to do that. You know, leave, yeah. your, huh. leave your oil filter or bucket upside down overnight. The next person, when you come yeah. in, throw it in the recycle can. So. Yeah. yeah it's I mean, it's, if you want to save it, you have to put a note on it to, you know, please don't throw my bucket away. I'm, you know. Yeah. There was a guy... My, my mechanic friend was talking about this other garage in town, and they used to heat their shop on the motor oil they got from, um, from oil changes. Wow. Um, they had, like, an oil burner, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, it's got to be filthy. And, uh, no, it's... it's I, it's, 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 I know old it, school. It's, it's an old school type of heating system, but it just uses oil. But isn't the I mean, oil that comes out of an engine, like... It uses a radiator. Imagine a radiator. Yeah. Yeah, it's just yeah. like... So it's not like burning, burning the oil? Like home... Yeah, it's like well, that's what you're doing with your home oil, like yeah. your kerosene home oil stuff. Is no, but that's clean. Oil. That's clean diesel, right? But used motor oil came out of an engine. I think they burn it at a higher temperature, um, but I'm not sure exactly how it works. And again, this old school, like it might be totally illegal now. Who knows? You know, I, so, I, um, I'm, I'm sure someone if, listening does. You know who would know is Gib Clark. Um, is it Gib or Marsh? Yeah, know. Marsh yeah. would know too. Definitely Marsh. Yeah. Um, I think these things, the burning part of it is outside. It's the it's the hot oil that's like acts like a radiator. That's where right. You're yeah, the it goes heat through the from. pipes, and that's where the heat right. comes from. So you're not you're not burning it in the shop. You're burning it outside. But then you've got pipes that run like a radiator. That's what you're getting your heat from. Okay, so well that makes that makes more sense to me. Yeah, yeah that's but there yeah there's water in the pipes I believe though, like just like your regular. I'm not sure. You know, I don't think they have oil. Bill's suggesting that know. instead of water for the radiator, it's it's running hot oil through the radiator. Right. I think. I don't know. But then you would, you'd, it'd be if you wouldn't need a lot. I mean, it'd just be whatever it takes to fill it. Wouldn't, you wouldn't be using it because you don't really use yeah. the water that's in your boiler. We are getting so far into something that none of us have any real idea what have we're talking about. Have any idea what we're talking about. <laughs> like when we speculate for 12 the, minutes about something we don't know Yeah, my, my point with the story was is that the the, the, the the tale that came from that shop is that he had a this contraption he had right. rigged up for, you know, every time you, you dump a quart of oil mm-hmm. into your car, you stand there and you hold it and it continues to drip. You finally get to the point where you're like, forget it, and you and you move on to the next quart when you change it. So he had this contraption set up that would hold these oil bottles in his shop. So every time you emptied a quart of oil or a quart of whatever, you'd drop it in the sink and it would hold it there and you'd just leave it there for days. And he would get gallons and gallons of oil that Clean way. Clean oil, course yeah. of the yeah, clean oil. Mm. That, you know, and um, so he just, you know, he just has a very simple, just a thing that held the bottle upside down. You know, <laughs> really? it, and they had buckets and yeah. I wonder what he uses yeah, for shops. I thought it was, was interesting. What's that? Yeah, what, what would he use? <laughs> so what about you, Tim? Shop stool. Um, I think I already. He did. Said it. I yeah, added it on the fill. The office chair. Yeah, Bill, you did you go? I did. Yeah, he you did go. Went. Well, then I guess we're done with that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Thank mine you. Good night. The, mine was the bucket. Oh no, you did the bucket. The oil thing. Right. Yeah. Right. You're the bucket yeah. guy. So, yeah. uh, just looking at the time real quick, we're at about 45 yeah. minutes. I would say I don't think we have time to do another round unless we sure. want to do it quickly. No, I think we can go on. I, I got some tips. We got a review. We can't do anything quickly. Okay. Cool. All right. <laughs> so that was fun. You know what? We really do need to more do more practical topics. I, I like it when we do like the we the, this came out of the imagination game like right we had done before and um, I you know we could even open that up on because you're checking Twitter now right Phil allegedly <laughs> allegedly so Phil is allegedly checking Twitter so if you want to tweet us like imagination game material for checking. us to sit and brainstorm yeah. with I would uh, I would fun to get what I think listener suggested I think would be more fun is um uh, somebody makes something like similar inspired by what we were talking about or, or you know just. Well, and let's see it. Send us a picture. We'll we'll talk about it. Yeah, on make show. all our stuff that we're too lazy to no, make. No, 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 no. I'm just yeah. saying. No, no, if, yes, if anybody yes, yes. out there, yeah. if if somebody wants to make something uh, inspired by this, write us. Let us know what it is. Send us even a picture so we can see it. We'll talk about it. Describe it. Right. I mean, that's what we do. We want some interaction with our with our listeners. Yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Uh, Whatever. I don't know. Some of them are pretty weird. Okay, so uh, iTunes review review. I guess Bill, you should read this one because you were super excited about it. I am. This is um, so. This says, "Pay attention." Five stars by Cat Scratch Cabinets. 
So just that got me like, uh oh, we better duck, right? Listen to this. Let me start by saying these guys are geniuses. They have found the secret to making you pay attention to the podcast. Sure. They cover reclaiming, making, designing, profits, loss, time management, etc. But the best part is the soft-spoken comebacks and rebuttals. If you're not listening, you'll miss it. I run a full-time cabinet shop, so reclaiming isn't a big part of what I do. But these guys know how to make an hour of boring painting in the shop fly by. It's a great listen with plenty of laughs. Sorry I couldn't come up with something wittier, but I'm a C-average man. Thanks and keep it up. Mitch at Cat Scratch Cabinets. That was actually a lovely review. Dude, mm-hmm. Mitch, thank you. Five stars. You're yeah. Wow. Yeah, I like that too because he's not really coming from our world. He's like, in, I mean, the, the woodworking making world, but not like the reclaim world. I think that's kind of cool that the people that, that aren't necessarily reclaimers want to listen to this. It makes I me also think that like nobody really listens to us for anything um, like useful. It's just that we're funny. It sounded like we're just more entertaining than watching paint dry. Oh, yeah, that yeah, what, too. What, <laughs> what, what are the options in the cabinet shop, right? right. Sit and listen to nothing? Watch paint dry? Listen to just listen to reclaimed audio. Well, hey, yeah. I'll take it. I'll take it. Thank you, Mitch. Uh, Cat Scratch Cabinets. Uh, that was super super cool. Thank you. Thanks, very much. brother. So is that like is that like your signature? Like you get done making these like beautiful cabinets and you just like like sick a cat on them? And you just put like on sort of... cat str- catch cat scratch fever. I'm gonna make up. I'm gonna make up the history well, for that. Instead of listening to reclaimed audio, you listen to cat scratch fever. That's right. Hold on. Yeah. I'm gonna make up the history of how he actually came up with the name for his shop. Go. He was at home. Honeydew list sitting there. I got to make some new cabinets because the darn cat scratched them all up. And that's the simple, humble beginnings of cat scratch cabinetry. You're welcome. Next thing you know, everybody in town like comes over to his house for a cocktail party. Like, oh my God, these cabinets are amazing. Can you make us some? He's quitting his, his job and he's right. running up a shop. And They're like, my makes- cat scratched up my cabinets too. Can you help us out? See, it's a simple, it's, it's a circle of life. And they're making a new Lion King uh, movie, by the way. I don't know if I mentioned that already. Phil, why well, that is like super relevant. So yeah, <laughs> Kuna Matata. Yeah. Um, Phil, you owe us a tip this week, and it has to be good. Who? Oh man, thank Phil, because thank you last for... week he criticized mine. Well, I, I have for him. Phil. I have a couple. If you're not prepared, let me think in reference to the thing I just made. Um, yeah, I got nothing. Go ahead. <laughs> this, so so this is something I swear I was doing and while I was doing I was thinking you know what I, I come up with a tip you know and uh, I looked down at what I was actually doing I'm like oh so everybody knows you can use white vinegar to get rust off of metal right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. do you also know that you can clean up brass and copper with it I did not know that. I don't think I've ever tried that. Okay, so I had, from work, um, we had these fire extinguisher cabinets that had uh, all these little tiny itty-bitty locks, like these really cheesy little, they're brass-plated copper locks, right? And we Mm -hmm. redesigned all the fire, I replaced all the fire extinguisher cabinets, and we're not putting locks on anymore, so I got a half a dozen of these locks that weren't mangled, busted, or totally corroded. Uh, A lot of them patinaed with the green stuff because they were brass-plated copper. Anyway, I'm going to use them because when you go to the shooting range, you have to have everything has to be locked up with a little lock on it, right? So I, I have one key that fits all these same locks. So I thought, okay, I'm just going to clean these up. So I put them in a little paper bowl and filled it up with white vinegar. And the they were brass coated. Most of the brass was missing off of it. So these things were just kind of black looking. It mm-hmm. took almost all the brass off. And these things are just lovely copper, little copper locks now. And it's just amazing. And I, I knew that the vinegar would clean them up, but I didn't realize that it would, it just, it really, it's like, wow, it, they, they turn out beautiful. So there's some kind of science happening there. I, I you know, vinegar is a, a slight acid and I've used it before to clean up um, like brass fittings for plumbing and stuff like that. You know, clean those up, uh, copper pipe, you can clean it. So I thought, oh, that's a work. I just looked at them on the way in here. I'm like, whoa, they came out so beautiful. So. That's one tip. And the other one is I talked about the other day, I have a couple of carts that I have set up for different tools. One of them's got my sanders on it. One's got a little drill press in my, and they each have more than one plug to them. So what I did was, is I have a, it's like six inches long extension cord, but it's got three 
plugs on one and one plug on the other. So I hooked everything up to that and made that accessible. So most of my shop is run off of one long extension cord. So when I want to plug in my sanding cart, I just have to plug in the one thing with the extension cord. Everything mm -hmm. on that cart has got yeah. power. So cool. that's, a, that's a little tip. You can buy those three prong uh, extenders at home at the big box stores anywhere. So and they're, that's cool. they're pretty cheap. Yeah, I just you like it, daisy like chain your shop. Yeah, I mean my the other cabinet has my my drill press and it has a uh, grinder on it, right? A bench grinder. So I just plug it in. Either one I want to use, it's done, ready to go. So everything's basically on one circuit, and since you're a one man shop, you're probably only using one tool at a time. So yes, I have a couple of circuits, a couple of separate circuits in the garage. I tap mm -hmm. off of the garage door opener, which has its own circuit up yeah. above. So I have one extension cord permanently wired to that that hangs down on top of my bench for sanding and whatnot then i have another yeah. one and the, yeah. <laughs> that one is in my garage yeah, the, the ceiling one yeah on my uh my big drill press i use the handle of the drill press for another extension cord that's about i think it's 20 foot and if i'm out in the driveway that one's when i stretch out there that runs my welder runs everything you know shop vac whatever so cool yeah, as a one-man shop, too, that was like when I built my shop. They were like, oh, well, we only have two breakers that we can put out there. I was like, oh, that's fine. I'm a one-man shop. But now I have all these, like, robots running, and sometimes I have, like, a lot of stuff happening in there yeah. at once, and, and I'll, I'll knock on some wood, but uh, so far it's so good. I've, everything keeps going, you know. Okay. That's it. Something to think about when you design your shops is, you know, multiple circuits, especially 110 <clears throat> and 220. Right. Well, yeah, just, I mean, because just like having a dust collector and a CNC going, like they're on, I, I think they're on the separate because it's like each outlet has like it's like they're all four gang or two gangs I guess it would be like there's four and so then like each side is a different circuit mm -hmm. you know yeah and uh, I think I have them set up like you know so it's like the CNC is on one and then the tables you know then the the air is on the other the vacuum but then I'll go and I'll like turn the bandsaw on while that's running and that's on one of them obviously yeah you know what I mean and stuff like that so. But, it, uh, yeah, it absolutely like pays if even if it's a if it's your garage if you own your home or if you're building a shop have an electrician come out and put a, a whole panel with spares for your yeah. shop yeah agreed you know, don't 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 cheap out on that because once that's in there you can pretty much do the wiring yourself if you want to add another circuit to it it's not that hard you know once you've got hmm. it done so right add, yeah. adding a breaker it. running some running some wire through conduit not yeah, that see, I don't know in my shop so I just had to kind of deal with what they gave yeah. me and they, they they were very generous with with what they gave me but there's just there's only so much going to this right, 100 year old right. building on the back of the property you know right yeah. what um what grabbed your attention uh let's go with bill you know um here's i've been we've all talked about him before and i've been subscribed to him for quite some time but i just ran across another one of his videos and it, they're just captivating if you're not watching artfully rogue you're missing out because the guy is so he's Did you see the robot yeah if you if you just just if you just want to watch an artist at work you know an artist who makes things he's he's scott turner he's jimmy Duresta, he's that kind of maker so check out artfully rogue seriously um yeah wow i just he inspired it's he's another one of those people that you, you think you you can make some neat stuff until you watch one of these guys videos you're like wow there's another level so check him out yeah yeah i don't need that <laughs> I don't need to feel bad about myself. Thanks, though. Uh, oh, you can watch my videos. Uh, good idea. Yeah, uh, Tim, what uh, what caught your attention? Um, I was going to mention my buddy Sea uh, Hot Effectors on Instagram. He makes guitar pedals, and he's in Indonesia, and he's just like this like super funny guy. I bought a pedal off him, and I'm going to be showing it off in a video that I'm working on too. And I did I did a thing with him and stuff. Um, but he's this uh, you know pedal maker, like a circuit bender you might call him, and he makes these like really funky guitar pedals and stuff. But his videos are always hilarious because it's him just like freaking out like a spaz with a guitar, showing off these distorted pedals on Instagram. Well, for for like people that don't know, a guitar pedal in Indonesia, they try they don't have a lot of room. So what they do is they put these little wheels on the guitar, and you put the pedals on there, and you can ride it like a bicycle. So it's it's nope, that's not it. Oh, that's not it. It's an, an no. If you don't know for real, don't listen to him. I'll tell you, it's an it's an effect pedal. So they're like a, usually 
about the size of half your foot and you step on it and it creates effects or whatever. So he makes all these really cool things out of like reclaimed materials and stuff. Um, but it also turns out that he has a, a punk band in Indonesia called the Frankenstone. And if you do go on YouTube and you search the Frankenstone, you can find some videos and hear them. And they're awesome. <laughs> just a great, amazingly like like awesome punk band. I just love it. And they sing in English and, it, and like it's impeccable. They have a, the, a male and a female singer in the band. They're just... The, the tone, the quality, it's just so much fun to listen to this. And I, I'm, I just, I was just like, oh my god, this guy is like, he's like the triple threat, man. He's funny, he makes pedals, and he makes great music. So, cool. C Hot, S E H A T Effectors on Instagram. Cool. Nice. Phil. Um, I forgot to mention, I actually made something else last week, which was I made a, um, an overhead so you, light. You caught your attention. I caught my attention. Well, sort of. This is a segue into what caught my attention. But I made an overhead light for my electronics bench. I got this uh, a white LED strip from Banggood or whatever. And so I one night my wife was maybe it was I don't know student, uh, I don't know a parent teacher interviews or something for my son. So my wife went and I stayed home with the kids. And uh, so I soldered up this this strip light into a grid of I think 16 by 16 on a piece of MDF and then I bent some steel into an L bracket and I put it up above there. But uh, but I'll say, so I'm really into electronics now or that's my that's my obsession that I'm watching. And, uh, and the project that I'm into is, uh, it's called FPV, so first person view drones. So like these, basically these drones, but then you put on a set of goggles and you're seeing through the eyes of the drone and you're like flying. So it looks super cool, and I don't have one, and I've never made one, but these are the kinds of videos I watch now because that's actually how I got into woodworking. But fun. Hmm. Somebody described that it as kind of freaky. Yeah, somebody described it as uh, godly because you're basically zipping around, you're flying around, and it's like you're the one who's flying. But the the YouTube channel that I'm watching a lot is called UAV Futures, and it's this guy named Stu, and that's how he does this. Is Stu from UAV Futures? Australian. Um, I wonder if Scott knows him. So when, when you watch the video, you're seeing what they see in the yeah because you can there, the there's an output, so you can go right to a DVR. But a lot of the times they mount a GoPro to the to the drone also, and like these are not like the go the, these are not the drones that you're thinking of. Like a lot of makers use those like a DG, DJI Phantom or a Mavic or Maverick or whatever. Right? These are like slow. Uh, cinematic type drones that kind of like hover right. in place and follow you and they're just they're all about stability and cinematography these yeah. FPV so drones are all about football speed. games and whatnot right soccer but, games yeah yeah Hockey so these games. FPV drones go like 180 kilometers an hour if you want them to which is like yeah. it's like a hundred miles an hour uh, a little bit more maybe 100, more 115 100. miles an hour something 115 like. 120 yeah. yeah that's you know it's um it's kind of neat that the, the drones, it used to be like if you watched a TV show when there was an aerial or like a movie and there was an aerial shot, that meant that there's like a helicopter. Or a blimp. You know? And now like, yeah, and now like everybody can do aerial shots. Yeah. So like, ev- you know. For a thousand like bucks. Every TV show. Yeah, every TV show has like an aerial shot now and they're all like beautiful. And I, I love that, like that that view. Yeah. You know, it just, it really adds depth to a to a, a performance. You know, if you can all of a sudden just like go and just go up over it. You know? Yeah. And then when you reverse that shot, and it looks like you're coming out from space into a tight shot. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, also, Game right of Thrones episode satellite two. satellite view all the way into the scene. You know, you can go... Right. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's right crazy. into it. What's uh, the fastest either one of you have gone on a motorcycle or car or anything? You ever gone really excessively fast? Sure. I used to snowmobile, and so there's no speed limits or anything like yeah. that. So I've gone, I've gone probably 130 miles per hour. Nice. On a snowmobile? Yeah. Across a lake? That's I've done it in a car, but I mean no. Snowmobile, there's no nothing around you. That's freaky. Yeah. No, I've gone faster <laughs> in a car. Uh I'm trying to convert it to miles. Probably did about two two hundred and sixty kilometers an hour. Which I guess is probably about hundred and fifty, hundred and sixty miles per hour. Yeah, wow. But on a snowmobile where you're it's exposed and open, hundred and thirty, hundred and forty feels fast. Yeah. Yes. I don't have the stomach for that. Well, I'm. No. I'm. <laughs> this was when I was younger. I was to say I was 18, 19 yeah. years old. What about you, Bill? You led that question. I assume you had an answer. Uh, yeah, just it just reminded me on the motorcycle. I've, I've I've done those speeds on a motorcycle more than a few times. You start getting that tunnel vision kicking in, like on the. Yeah, I don't even know what you call it. It's just you're just focus. 
you're, yeah, you're holding on is what you're doing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, because it's so much emotion. First of all, if you're doing that in a car or a motorcycle, the thrill of it is also that you're going to get caught because yeah. you're not allowed yeah. to do yeah. that. Um, yeah. On a snowmobile, it's different because you can do it. You're on an open lake. There's yeah. no speed That'd be like the raining. Autobahn, huh? It's, it's just mm. you're yeah. just focused on the speed and the feeling, and you, you're not worried about getting caught. You're worried about hitting something and flipping over and you know. A pebble at that speed, you know. Well, they're 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 pretty stable, and especially on a lake yeah. on with like because it's flat. Yeah, yeah you're not going snow. But and, if there was something under yeah. there, like a chunk of ice or something that you didn't see, then yeah, you could potentially flip. I have flipped at low yeah. speeds, but uh, anyways, I I think we just raced our way right to the end of this podcast. Oh, I think that was a very Canadian way to end the podcast. Too. See, all right. <laughs> Um, our channels, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. I'm Phil Pinsky. Check out ironandsoul.com, williamlutes.com, timsway.net, newperspectivemusic.com. Contact us for show topics, suggestions, feedback, all that good stuff. We love hearing from you guys. Info at reclaimedaudiopodcast.com or hit us up on Twitter at reclaimedaudio. On iTunes, leave us them reviews. They will get read out, especially and only if they are five-star reviews. I've left a link to <laughs> leaving an iTunes review on our website, reclaimedaudiopodcast.com. Hit that button. It'll pop open your iTunes, and you can leave a review. Patreon uh, is... I mean, it's the best way to keep us going. Patreon.com slash Reclaimed Audio. Also on our website, there is a button for that. Thank you to all of our new patrons, all of our uh, forever patrons. We love all of you guys, and uh, have a great week. Bye, everybody. Be good. No, I don't.